Hello, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles podcast, where I interview a virtual CISO about their work and life. I am your host, Caroline McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, which provides software to virtual CISOs that helps them grow and scale their businesses. As experts in this field, we have met hundreds of security consultants, and we keep our fingers on the pulse of the industry. My background is in law with a focus on data privacy and cybersecurity, but I also have a long career working with startups. In fact, my parents had their own business, which is why I love learning about how people build businesses. So I started this podcast to feature interesting people in cybersecurity to talk about their passions, entrepreneurship, and business. If you don't know what a virtual chief information security officer is, then these professionals are security experts who offer consulting services to companies. Sometimes they're referred to as fractional CISOs. Our guest today is Kara Wolf. Thank you, Kara, for joining me. I'm so excited to be talking to you and welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Caroline, for having me. I'm excited for this conversation as well. You've touched on all of all of my great passions in life. I'm so <laughs> happy to have found a kindred spirit. Oh, that's that's great because I mean, it's I I came up with the idea because I I exercise and I listen to these podcasts and I'm like, can't there just be one that does all these things that I'm looking to <laughs> listen to? So, like, okay, you do it, Caroline. Um, but I would love to hear about yourself, please take us through your background. And if you can think of something that is non-security related, that might be interesting for us, for the audience to hear, please include that too. Okay. Um, So I am a serial entrepreneur and uh, my dad was also an entrepreneur. Um, And uh, I'm kind of a a blend of a number of things. I'm a double MBA corporate finance entrepreneurship. Um, This is my fourth company all different areas, but all uh, interrelated if you go through the the life story of how all of these companies have been involved in technology and utilizing or advancing technology in one way, shape or form. So um, I started uh, my cyber career actually with American Express as a travel agent. Um, So that is kind of interesting in and of itself, because we didn't call it cybersecurity back when when we were doing financial services and and travel. So I learned all about corporate fraud with the credit card and um, and with with travel and security and identity fraud. Um, Interesting fact, when I started as a junior travel agent, my roles were to clean the garbage, get the mail and maintain the computers because nobody knew how to maintain the computers and nobody wanted to, they were all intimidated. So I got that job and, um, and this, and I fell in love with, with being able to send commands and get communication from across the world, from countries everywhere. And you could book seats on airplanes without ever seeing or talking to a person. And I, I just, I fell in love with the whole concept and, you know, that was the, the prior day of, of the CRM. Uh, So I started my cybersecurity career in financial services and I spent time in banking. Uh, I joke a lot and say I'm a recovering banker. And, uh, <laughs> and, and of course we were trained in all kinds of, of corporate fraud and, um, you know, and safety and security being a banker and things you, you can and can't do. And, and at the time, um, how, how we adapted social media into, into our lives while we kept each other safe. So, um, I've seen thousands and thousands of startups. I worked for the Business Development Bank of Canada, and my role was to create advisory services for small, medium-sized businesses. 
Um, and so we did everything from finance to marketing to technology development, commercialization, integration, um, adoption of technology to drive profitability. And so we created those services. And, um, and then as, as time evolved, um, this company uh, was created to deliver advisory services for small, medium-sized businesses. And we have a number of contracts with the Canadian federal government to deliver these services um, and provide grant services for, um, for these small and medium-sized technology companies that are eligible through the NRC IRAP program. Interesting. So take me, take me a little bit more through, and when you say this company, you mean Amalite Analytics. I don't know if that's right. Yes. But um, when take me through what you mean when you say providing advisory services, because in cybersecurity, that can mean a few different things. And but you're talking about for SMB. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, and that really depends. So we start out with a gap assessment. Um, generally, these companies are tech companies. So they're either creating hardware or they're creating software. Or they're doing something R&D related. And um, and it could be in any industry from, you know, energy to aerospace to defense. Um, so primarily industrial and the clients are almost always scientists or engineers of some kind. Um, they, they generally don't have a business background or, or are sophisticated entrepreneurs. So we combine the business expertise along with the security expertise, because as they're building their products, they have to do security by design or maybe they're doing some integrations, maybe they're doing some software integrations and, and they don't understand um, that blind trust is not cybersecurity. So, um, you know, we, we just trust Google because, you know, they have big security teams and they make things safe. Or we just trust Microsoft because they have big teams and make things safe. We actually um, teach them about how to have a holistic approach to the whole company, security first, uh, security by design. And we do, a gap assessment, uh, assessment of their current situation. Uh, we have an InfoSec professional assigned to their uh, assigned to their client file. Almost every one of our people have between 20 and 30 years of experience working for mm -hmm. enterprise, um, governments, multinationals, airlines, defense. So they're all independent consultants, um, very highly experienced. So we pair uh, the client with the proper consultant in the right industry with the right depth. And then um, depending on what we scope and what their needs are, they might need ISO, they might need CMMC, they might need NIST, or they might just need basic CIS. So, um, or they might need HIPAA or GDPR. Depending on, on what it is, we'll, we'll make that assessment and we'll walk them through uh, predetermination of what we're going to do with them. And then we do their assessments and then we provide a technology roadmap uh, and then provide a program and, and do that in phases so that it's easy for them to understand, it's easy on their cash flow, and uh, and it's not so overwhelming. When you hit somebody with a big price tag on advisory services as a startup or a small business that might be pre-revenue or just starting, um, that can be you know a big cost up front, and and we make it affordable and, and we put it down into bite-sized pieces so they understand the value, they understand um, the process. And they understand from two levels. So they're understanding from a security, because we work on two, two fronts. So we work with the CEOs and we work with their security people. So their IT people, their CTOs, and we work with them to level up their knowledge. So it's a knowledge transfer throughout the process. And then we use the frameworks and the software to help guide the discussions and the conversations. So much to unpack there. So for our audience, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, 
explain to the audience what security by design means. Um, okay, so uh, when you're building software, for example, uh, a lot of people just build it, they just code it to make it work, right? They, and then they think security after. And then they try to, you know, pen test it after or they, you know, do things after. Whereas we we come in and we say, no, you got to think of security first. This is and security comes at the base level. So we're looking, you know, right on the bare metal and up. So what is it? How is it? How can it be attacked? Where are the vulnerabilities? What do you need to think about? Um, what is your pipeline? How, how is data transferred? What kind of data are you using? What's the sensitivity of the data? So we go through a whole process and, and you're thinking of it from a security first perspective. A hacker is coming, they're gonna, they're gonna attack this. Where are they gonna attack this? Where is the weakness? And a lot of organizations, uh, software engineers are not taught or trained in security. So they're coming out of school and they're coming out of university. They know how to code, but they don't know anything about information security. They don't, right. they, you know, they find out after the fact. And, and right. so I think that's a failure of our educational system altogether, but um, I don't mind that because I, I make money that way. So, that's, <laughs> <laughs> so don't fix it. <laughs> Put me out of business. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, and it really is, uh, and we love working with software engineers because they're, they're just awesome people and they're grateful because nobody wants their, their, their things hacked and no company wants their liability to have their, their products hacked. So liability is a big issue. Cyber insurance is a big issue. So, um, so we're happy to help on multiple levels. Uh, we can get very, very deep tech very quickly. Um, we have 20, 30 years of software development experience in security. So specifically security software development, which is very rare. Um, mm -hmm don't really have that. So our, our expertise is in quantum machine learning, quantum cryptography, um, and, and, you know, high-end software development. We're working on projects right now to secure satellites and drones. Um, we've won some grants with the Department of National Defense and the Canadian Space Agency. So we're doing some very, um, very sophisticated, uh, bleeding edge type of, of work. Um, yeah. That's what our, our team of experts are. And then that we take that knowledge and we transfer that into the other other companies as as they can absorb it. You're not going to create um, a cybersecurity professional overnight. That's like creating a neurosurgeon overnight. It takes mm -hmm. decades to create good experienced people. So we take the companies as much as they have the capacity to absorb. Well, I mean, again, so many questions, and I'm so I'm going to take it this where the conversation is going. How do you find those people that are have that expertise and bring them into Amalite Analytics and then offer them up to your clients? Like, how, how do you even find them in the first place? Well, I have a huge network. So um, I've been in the space for a very, very long time. Um, my um, just, for example, my LinkedIn network is over 13,000 followers, I think, at, or close to. Um, yeah. And it's just from a lifetime of, of networking. I was one of the first 10,000 LinkedIn people um, to, to join LinkedIn back in the back in the day when they first joined. <laughs> I was in university. Yeah, yeah, we thought it was pretty cool. They're like, this is just for university people. And, um, you know, will you try it? And we all said, sure. And now, you know, there's a collection of us that are one of the first 10,000. And so, um, so when you've been doing that for that long, you collect a big following. And... Um, and as you get to know people, it's mostly word of mouth and people come to me because they know I do things and my business model is different because I work on the gig 
uh, gig economy. So I do it by by fixed price, by piecework. And, and it's great because they either have full-time jobs or they're between, between jobs or they just want a side hustle. Um, you know, they want something to do to make some extra money for the wife and kids mm-hmm. to go on holidays. And so they approached me because I have a different business model. I don't have employees. Um, I have a few very core and, and the rest is my network of, of network consultants. And they're all screened. They're all vetted. Um, everything's done by contract. The only difference is instead of an employee contract, they have a subcontract and that's the wording is exactly the same. It's just a, a slightly different model. And, and it works wonderfully for me because ebbs and flows of business, I'm either really busy or maybe a little quieter and then I get slammed again. And so um, I'm able to allocate like a traffic cop sort of allocate the, the clients to the, to the proper consultants with the proper depth of, of expertise and, and the right personality match too. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot of um, highly, highly talented uh, professionals out there and, and consulting is a special art. Um, advisory services is a special art. Although the mm-hmm. core skills are the same, if you're working in enterprise or you're working in a business as a security professional, translating to a consultant or an advisor is a different world. Yeah. And, and so you need training to do that. And we provide that training. We have all of the processes defined, all of our templates. So we train everyone on how to be a management consultant. Um, I am also a CMC. So I'm a certified management consultant uh, with CMC, which is recognized designation like a CPA or a lawyer in over 64 countries. And we follow the ISO uh, 2700 management consulting standard in all of our delivery. And as far as I know, we're the only cybersecurity firm to do that. So mm-hmm. we've blended again, the business, the designations, the ISO standards with the security to give a blended holistic approach to the company. So we really take it from not just security services, but we're, we're going through the entire business. So we're coaching and leveling up the entrepreneurs and their CTOs and their internals um, could be their managed service providers, but we really provide that expertise that they don't have and they're not going to get. Um, you know, you just don't get it. You, do, you just don't like there. I've got it. You know, it's it takes decades to train yes. really good security people. Yeah, for sure. So so when it comes to the what you said, sometimes there's there's like a little bit of an ebb and flow to the business where sometimes you're absolutely slammed and sometimes you're not. How do you how do you manage that in terms of you must so as you just explained you have these you know management consultants who you can access that um some you know some of them would just want to decide hustle or whatever and then you have your clients and your client you meet the demand based on this uh, I would say pool of consultants that you have how do you manage them to make sure that you when that demand spikes that you have you know what I'm saying like how do you say, okay, there's a demand spiking. Who's like, who's going to raise their hand? Like literally logistically, how are you managing that? Uh, Exactly that way. I I get the deal (laughs) flow. And so we set the contracts up. I get the client, we do client onboarding and, and it's on availability. So I have a core set of, of consultants that I use on a regular basis. And depending on their expertise, some are experts in ISO, for example, some are experts in CMMC, some are experts in NIST, some are generalists. So it's just basic and -hmm. and it's based on availability. So I'll put it out and I'll say, you know, do you want this one? Do you want that one? Do you want this one? And, uh, and they'll, 
they'll come and they'll say, no, I'm on holidays, can't do it. Or yeah, I'm, I'm free. I'm looking for gig work. So I have it. I have a core group and, um, and they've all signed contracts and, and, uh, and they're awesome. They are all like, just, they're just wonderful human beings. And it, it takes, it takes an empathetic person, a compassionate, empathetic person to train and teach um, at the small, medium-sized business level. And so I really look for that warmth in hmm. personality and that friendliness because um, cybersecurity is intimidating to yeah. a lot of people, right? And it doesn't need to be. It's, it's like, you know, physical security in your house. If you, if you properly budget for it, you properly understand. And we make sure they understand from a business perspective because it's a, ultimately it's a business strategy. So we take it from the business strategy perspective why you need to do preventative work in your organization. Like, why is it important? And we show the value and we show the benefit as opposed to, uh, you know, a lot of people just think, well, it hasn't happened to me. So I'm just going to ignore it and really hope that it doesn't. So I'm going to smoke some more hopium and hope that I don't get hacked. And I hope that I, you know, we aren't social engineered. And if we are, well, we've got insurance. Well, that's naive. Um, yeah. And insurance companies are covering less and less. And in fact, they're holding um, the C-suite and the owners liable for damages now. Um, and the laws and the regulations are changing, which I love. The SEC is now changing regulations for reporting to boards. Um, yeah. They should have been doing it all along. And, and so now it's going to be forced. And I think that's great um, because it's important and it's only going to get worse. And you know, board oversight is just, it's just negligent if you're not yeah. properly protecting your organization and there's no reason for it. You have a website. That's just a cost of doing business. You pay accountants. It's a cost of doing business. You need to pay security professionals. It's a cost of doing business. And I would say it's an investment, not a cost, but an investment in protection. So you don't actually incur the losses that all your counterparts are. And in terms of bidding for larger contracts, when you've had a third party assessment, um, your bigger companies in the supply chain will look at that favorably and that will give you a competitive advantage over other small companies that perhaps haven't. So it's great from a shareholder perspective, it's great from an insurance perspective and it's great for the acquisition of new clients. Yeah, I, I, I do often pound my fist on the table and say, cybersecurity has not all of it, but it is moving into a direction where it does generate revenues, which is you can't close new deals. You can't close new customers without it. Um, so definitely on the same page on that one. What would you say has been the hardest part of starting your own business? You know, there's not being taken seriously. So oh, interesting. what do you mean? So, by that? Yeah. So, so pitching your company and your expertise to to companies that think that they know more than you do. So their internal teams, yeah, we got it. You know, we don't need your help. We're mm -hmm. like, I'm an IT person slash security person slash HR exec slash this slash that. I don't need your help. So I think overcoming that mentality that that they don't need third party assistance and that they're, um, they're more experienced and they're better at their job than a, a third party consulting firm has been the most difficult mentality to overcome. Um, we're here to help. Uh, we have 
proven. And that when I was at the Business Development Bank of Canada, we had statistics that actually showed that organizations that accepted third-party advisory services were 60% more profitable than organizations that went it alone. So, That's you know, great data. It is great data. And, you know, and there's also, you know, women-owned and led firms tend to be more profitable. There's that data. Um, so it's, it's trying to, to overcome a mentality, a horse, I call it a horse and buggy mentality, you know, you know, where it's, it's, it's fine to ask for help through the process. You're going to gain, you're going to gain knowledge that you didn't have. You're going to gain know-how and experience from others that you didn't have before. And it's not a threat on your job. Define vulnerabilities within an organization. No one's pointing blame and saying you're bad at your job because we found this. Exactly. That's, that's not that's not the goal. The goal is to say, let's take a look. Let's see where you're vulnerable. I know you've done the best you can with the budgets you have, because that's the other thing is not getting the proper budget. So they're saying to their C-suite, I need more money to, to do this properly. We need more resources and they're not getting it. So that's that would be the second thing is the challenge mm -hmm. of getting across the value prop and the budgets so that people can really do their jobs the way that they're supposed to be. Because a lot of these guys are working like, you know, three, three jobs and the amount of stress and pressure on them is incredible. And that's yeah. why people leave. That's why I get all the good ones because they're burned out and they're, they're like, no way. I got way too much responsibility and they're working me 24 seven and I'm not getting the resources and support I need. And then I say, well, come here and I will give you all of that and you get to have a life too. So, um, so that mentality, the budget, the level of seriousness and the, we can do it our own. We don't need help. I think those are, those are the most difficult things for all consulting companies. I think they all do it, but specifically in this space. I mean, such a, a good perspective. So true from what I can see from talking to a lot of consultants and definitely something that I think a lot of people could focus maybe their um, marketing or sales material on when they are, are, are trying to sell. So I know we we're kind of at the end of our time here. So, um, you know, just being mindful of the fact of how busy you are. I could talk to you for literally another hour. So much I wish to unpack like the budgeting part of, uh, of how you do what you do, but unfortunately we don't have that time. So I'm going to say, Kara, thank you. Please tell listeners how they can find you. Uh, thanks, Carolyn. Thanks again. I love the conversation. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under Kara Wolf or Amalite Analytics, spelled with A-N-A-L-Y-T-X, Amalite Analytics. So you can find me on the web or you can find me on LinkedIn and uh, I'd love to hear from you. And if you're listening today, thank you so much for joining us. You can find all of our blogs and this podcast on our Substack, which is located at the Security Expert Marketplace. Thanks again.